You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind-the-scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session seven. Thank you so, so much for being here. I I feel like this is a really important session because it really illustrates for us how some of the really difficult things that we go through in business are also the exact things that bring us clarity and point us in the right direction. And it's just using those things and, you know, garnering that information from them. That's so important. And we can still be upset, have a human experience and feel our feelings. And those don't have to be one or the other. You know, I think that it can be so tempting to feel like I either just have to take all the good from it and feel fine about it, or I'm just really upset. And what I think this episode illustrates is that really both are the key and both can live together. You can feel all the feelings and acknowledge the shit out of them. And you can collect the data and get the information and be really strategic from it too. And so I hope this just shows you that both and here and helps you implement that and see that in your own business too. How you doing? Hi, hi. Um, I'm doing well and also like totally bummed and disappointed, but like I've been working through that this morning while also managing a toddler. So Mila's home with me today. Mm-hmm. I'm still totally in my PJs. <laughs> <laughs> we just like had like a PJ in day. So we're supposed to be leaving for Florida on Sunday and there's just like sickness going around at school. And I'm like, I am not willing to risk this chance of this kid getting sick and That's not being able to sense. go. Yeah. yeah. And so I only had this call today. So I was like, we're just going to keep her home and like make it a fun thing. And of course she was like, yeah, I want to stay home. This is awesome. So. Oh, that's good. Sometimes I feel like that's good when something happens that bums us out to like have that distraction. Right. Yeah. It was like both like it ended up being good later in the initial moment. I was kind of like, uh, I need to process this thing. And you're like sitting right here, like asking me to like get you juice or berries or whatever. And I was, it's yeah. like, mom, mom. And I was like, wait, I just need a moment. Like, I just need to sit with this. So, but I chatted with some girlfriends and just like got some witnessing around it. And yeah. And like, this is all part of the learning process. Do you as want to share it sucks. what the thing oh, is? Oh yeah. So yesterday I got a new client that said yes on a free call and it was just so easy and good. And I was so excited and she was amazing. So I was like, wow, this is the best. And then today she emailed me and was like, um, I'm so sorry, but like I misunderstood the price and mm-hmm. I like can't um like afford to do it. Um and so I was just like very disappointing. Yeah. But she was also amazing and I was like very excited to work with her. And I was also very excited to like have someone say yes to getting like the full support through the joyful journey because I just I'm like very obsessed with that program and the transformation that it provides my clients and I love it's like longer than like a month together, but it's like not a super, super long time, but you do get to like just build a deeper relationship and stuff. So yeah. So I just had all the feels in the last 24 hours, of course. Yeah. Well, I think like, I mean, it, you know, obviously like super upsetting, but I think it's so good for you in some ways to be like almost like in it enough that you're seeing the disappointment and letting yourself handle it. Cause I think there was so long where it felt like, oh my God, I absolutely can't handle that. Right. That's true too. And so as much as it sucks and I'm not saying it's fun or like, yay, but right. Like I am saying like to build the evidence that like you were like, I still took care of me later today. I processed with some girlfriends. I'm having some ups and downs and like mostly it's still okay. I think is really important. It doesn't mean we don't ever need to do anything about that or shift it or whatever. But I think like that evidence that like you can have that happen and still be fine is like maybe the best thing that could happen. So I think it's so important here that Michelle is building that evidence that she can handle disappointment. Um, as you guys know, that has been a big thing for her. And obviously she already has some evidence of that in other ways and other areas, but just seeing that like, you know, 
she's able to walk through that with clients and with herself, I think is really, really important. And so again, it's like that both and piece here where she gets to like be upset and cry and feel a ton of disappointment and gets to see that she's also really, really able to handle it and to ultimately be okay. And I think that's what's so valuable in business is when we can build that evidence for ourselves without discounting our feelings at the same time. And so if you have something like this happen or something else that happens that um, really disappoints you in business, even if it's really, really helpful, good evidence to build along the way, it's just great to see that you can give yourself space for both to learn from it, see it as a positive thing that you can learn from and build evidence from and not discount your feelings at the same time. And so I think that, you know, this was just a beautiful example of how that can happen. And again, I think it's so positive on the whole for Michelle to be able to have that evidence along the way, but it's also so hard in the moment and neither one has to discount the other. Yeah, that's true. It's still like a big bummer. I'm like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And like yeah. those can live together, right? Like it can be like really, really good evidence and it can be a big bummer and like they, those don't have to be separate, but it's just good to be like, there is something there, right? Yeah. And it's funny because I was like, oh, today, like I'm going to be crying because it's like the like anniversary of like when we lost our first baby. And instead mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I lost a client and I'm so sad about it. Did you like go further into that conversation with her or how did that happen? No. So I wanted to chat with you first because I was like, I like, I know there's more there and like, I can, you know, message her back and even, you know, like starting with like getting a sense of like, is this absolutely like the right next step for you kind of thing? Like if money wasn't an issue, right? Like, yeah. do you have any other reservations? Cause, um, she was really quick to say yes. And like, I mean, you know, like power to folks. Some folks make really fast decisions. I'm not one of those humans. Like when I make fast decisions, sometimes I regret them after the fact, um, or have a change of heart. And so, you know, she might have additional questions or like the one month option might be a good option for Mm -hmm. her. Um, but I think like what this is like bringing up for me is like, oh, I really do desire to have like three month clients and like do the full thing with them and like have them in that container. Um, cause I feel like I've just been doing a lot of like one offish type, even like a month feels one offish. Cause it's just like, it's, it's good and it's helpful for them, but it's like not long enough to like really ground into like the change, even though they feel a lot better coming out of that month. But I'm like, I also know that like my clients tend to hit like a dip around the like five week ish mark with our time together. And that's like, very much why it's a three month program. Cause then we get to see like, what do you do with that dip now that it's happening? And then they can like build that self-trust together. So yeah, I just like, it's just like deepening that desire of like, oh, I really do want these like longer term clients, both for like, you know, getting to see like the bigger transformation and also for like the financial security of like knowing that I have like recurring income coming in every month. Um, that was something that was also very exciting and then very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the value of anything that's like a step in is that it should be a step in. And so yeah. that's helpful to see, which is like, it really should be about like getting someone into a one month because that feels like an, uh, you know, like a safe first step to them that ultimately yeah. converts to more. So I feel like just not seeing those two as super separate. I mean, obviously you can decide not to do the one month if you don't want to, but I think, um, Also not separating them out where it's like, that's a one-off thing. And then this is a commitment thing, but more like that's a one-off thing that maybe then helps them see why they would step into a longer term Mm -hmm. container. Does that make sense? So something I really want to touch on here is that idea of seeing your small containers as being a step into your larger ones and looking at that conversion as a really important part of your business to focus on. Obviously, we'll continue to focus on other things with Michelle here for the rest of this session, but I really just wanted to pop in on that note because I think for some people that is such a crucially important part of their business where you don't want to feel like, well, I have all these small things that I have to sell people into. And then I have all these big things and it's like almost a different audience for each that gets super frustrating and becomes like a really hard business model to run. But when you can see that 
I have this ladder that people can walk through and one leads to the other. And I really, really make it a priority to focus on conversions from one to the other. That's when things get a lot simpler and really, really good over time. So not seeing it as like, well, I have this thing that's a one-off and then I have these other things, but more like anything that I have that's smaller just helps lead into the bigger things is where it gets really, really good and a really important place to put your attention in your business. Yeah, um, that does make sense. And I think right now, like I just, I don't have evidence of that. Like I have had a couple of folks do like a one month container and they, you know, usually end it after that one month. Um, and I think like my brain is like, oh, well, this is all happening. And I know like none of this is true, but like this is where my brain goes. It's like, oh, this is happening because you raised your prices and now it's just like not accessible to folks. But I'm like, on the flip side, I'm like, this is cheaper than like a month of daycare. Like, it, yes, it is expensive. And yes, IVF is like a an unexpected cost that comes into people's lives. But like, I also know it's possible because I spent like three times what I charge on a coach while also going through an IVF cycle. And so I think too, it's just like bringing the light like, oh, I need to like speak to this objection more of like, it can be both if you desire it and you can figure it out. Um, and like, if you don't, that's okay too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like either is okay, but like, and I think for me personally, I'm a very big believer of like, if I really want something or desire something, like money is not the thing that's going to hold me back from getting that thing. And that's been like true for me as like a value thing, just period. Um, and that's not to say that it's always going to happen right away or how I expected it, right? Like you can throw money all day long at IVF and it doesn't necessarily guarantee a baby, right? right. Like mm -hmm. cycle one or ever. Um, but, you know, like for me, I was like, well, we're not going to not do another round of IVF just because like we don't know where the money's coming from. And then we figured it out. And that's also the the month right before that I joined Julie's mastermind. So yeah. I think I just need to talk about that more often. And I think I need to write some content specific to that and just kind of like cycle it in more frequently too. Well, I think that's the good thing to see here is that like you get to be at choice as much as they get to be at choice, right? So you get to right. be at choice to be like, well, I just don't want to have to talk about this shit. So I am just going to lower my prices again. And I am just mm -hmm. going to like go that route. And that's a choice that like you're allowed to make and doesn't mean anything. And then similarly, yeah. you can be like, and a choice I'm allowed to make is that like, this is just the price. And so if people need mm -hmm. to hear me talk about that a lot more, if that means I have to have some more disappointing quote unquote calls or whatever, like I'm here for that. But mm -hmm. like when you see it all as like, I'm choosing that, I think it just gets mm -hmm. easier to navigate versus feeling like I'm either backed into a corner to lower my prices or I'm forced to have this conversation or whatever. Yep. That's when yeah. it can feel shitty, right? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And like, you know, my, my brain was like, oh, like, see, this is just more evidence that like you should lower your prices. But I know that like, that's not the desire. Like I, I definitely like really like my prices. It feels really good. It feels really energy, energetically aligned there. Um, and you're right. The trade-off of that is like being willing to like speak to this objection and stay in it until the right humans are like ready to invest. Exactly. Like you might be able to say like, oh, okay, well, like I'm just making something up here. Like, but you know, I would get three clients to every one client if it was mm -hmm. at X thing, but like that one client still would be so much better and so much more fulfilling yeah. and feel so much more like an even exchange or whatever. Again, I don't think three to one is the actual ratio, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. helpful to see that and then be able to be like, and I still want that. Right. So this concept of seeing everything in business as a choice and just handling the trade-off of that is so freaking important and really fully walking through all your choices, right? So with Michelle, you know, that's why I'm asking stuff like if you could go back and change this or if it could look this way or if you could have this. Um, and that's why it's so important to really explore all that because she can really feel like she fully backs her own choice because she's not hiding her head in the sand or anything here, but being really, really, really intentional about deciding what feels best to her and knowing that like, yes, some things may come with that that she has to deal with, but that's okay because it's totally what feels best and most aligned to her, 
And when she starts seeing it all as choice as opposed to almost what can happen is the opposite where we see it all as like, well, now I'm being forced to lower my prices or I'm being forced to, you know, get a ton of no's or whatever versus being like, no, I am at choice in all of this and I get to decide how the business runs. That's when it feels way easier to move forward and we feel way more empowered most of the time. When it feels like we're being backed into a corner, the likelihood that we really run at something or really move forward on that is just so small, right? But the other thing that I wanna say here is that I really believe that my role as a coach is leaving that choice up to the client, right? And seeing it as theirs and not mine. So you can see here that I didn't advise Michelle at all on what to do with the pricing, but I just held her through processing her own choice. And if she had asked, like, I'm certainly happy to like share opinions and things there, but ultimately realizing like my job is to hold her through coming to her own best choice and deciding on her own most ideal trade-off, as opposed to feeling like my job here is to make sure she quote unquote makes the right choice. <laughs> is so important because it puts the power back on her. It definitely, you know, puts me in a really beautiful position as a coach to do the thing I'm meant to do, which is coach her into what is best for her and what is her truth. And it ultimately makes us both feel like we're in this together as opposed to me dictating to her what she's supposed to do or there being a like way she could fuck this up or a right choice she could make. like. The best choice you could make is the one that serves her and the business um, in the way she wants it to. And so that's what we walked through here. And so I think some coaches feel so, so, so much pressure that like they have to know the exact right choice and then they have to make sure the client makes that. So I just wanted to illustrate that a little bit too. Like, yes, you're helping your client come to a choice, but the ultimate thing there is helping them come to the choice that is best for them, not you being the like all knowing person that like always has to have the perfect answer. So hope that just gives you a little bit of peace of mind, whether that is being able to see everything as a choice in your business or being able to really present choices to your clients and help them process through them without feeling the pressure to um, get them to make a certain one. Yeah. And I think my brain is like being cute and then it's like, well, look at, you had all these clients at your old price point. And it's like, well, yeah, of course I did because that's what I was selling the majority of the time that I've had my business, right? And like I just raised my prices this past summer and I've had one client since which has like done the full um, three-month like program and she was wonderful and it was awesome and it was like so good and yeah, and I've also had clients who at my old price like extended to a fourth month and like basically ended up paying what the, the new through. So it's like I know there's evidence of people who are willing to – invest at that level too. Well, so just but play my with brain that likes for a good second. story. Like, does it feel better to like keep going down this road and like having way more conversations about that? Or are you like, honestly, it would feel better to be at the old price point with more clients at this moment? Mm, I still think I like really do desire like the current price point. I think I just like yeah, I like, I really just don't want to lower my prices because I, I just like, I see so much value in like what I offer. And I also know that it takes a lot to hold each of those clients. And so having more clients at a lower price point is like a lot heavier for me, honestly. <laughs> um, and I get to go deeper with my clients when they are at a higher price point. And so that feels really good too. Um, and it's easier for me to like keep track of like what's going on with their like right like who's got a retrieval coming up who's got this happening like whose parent just passed right like being able to navigate mm -hmm. all of those things too so yeah and I think it's like getting to the point where I'm like cool well I just have to like be willing to like stay in it and keep having these conversations and be willing to like learn how to sell this basically right in the same way that I learned to sell it at the old price point and. The same way that I learned to sell when I got my first client. And I think there's just like a little impatience of like, well, it's been six months. And I mean, like I've had clients, right? Like I've had, I have a client that I'm working with right now who's a one month client. I had a one month client last month who was awesome. And then I had the, the three month client, um, earlier this fall. So there's people there. <laughs> I think what's, 
helpful to see there though is that like again when your brain starts to do that thing like backing your own choice being like I've walked it through enough to say like if I could have it all look how it did before would I want that would I pick that mm-hmm. and like that's just like a really good thing to keep coming back to right because then no matter what your brain's throwing at you you're like but I know the choice I would make and that's what matters Right. Like that's not what I choose and that's not what I want. So it's available to me. And I think that's even an empowering thought. It's available to me to be booked out with a ton of clients if I want to right now, but I don't want it to look like that. And that's okay. But like, see how empowering it is to feel like it's Mm. all available as opposed to the place where our brain can go, which is like, that means none of it's available. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot right. of sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a battle of like shoulds versus I get tos, which is ironic because it's a conversation that I have with my clients all the time, right? But like, you know, oh, I should be like booked out and not even from like a, in the coaching world, you're only valuable if you're booked out, right? But like from, uh, you know, my husband would really love to see something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from like coaching business kind yeah, of place yeah. of like, yo, what are you doing that you're yeah. like in your PJs at three o'clock? Um, and I always tell them, I'm like, I'm making a baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm, doing right I'm doing the exact thing I need to be doing. <laughs> I've been doing this for a year and a half. I've been trying to yeah. make you a baby. Um, but um, yeah, so I think there's like, honestly, like I think that feels like the most pressury part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your truth there? Um... That like, it it gets to be how I want it. Like it gets to be how I want it. It gets to be better than I like can imagine it. And it's okay that it's like not fitting into the box. Because like most of the things that I do don't fit into the box. And yet they always seem to work themselves out. And this too will work itself out. Like eventually I will be looking back and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm sold out. Like how did that happen so quickly? Like. I like firmly believe that. And I'm just like in the muck again. Mm-hmm. And I'm so tired of being in the muck. Apparently today's a cry day. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's just so fair to, to have the both there, right? Like it right. can be like, you're so tired of it and you're still picking it, which I think is like very similar to your IVF journey <laughs> in yes, many ways. And, right. And I think that's I'm like so sick of it and I'm so picking it. Still, right? Yeah. And I think that that's like what's eliciting so many of the tears is like, yeah. why do I keep picking the hard shit? Yeah. But it's like so much more rewarding on that than not to say that, like, oh, like I'm so glad I went through all the hardship of IVF. It's like so much more, like I would have happily just like taken a baby. Totally. <laughs> right. Like, um, but you know, like not staying in it, just like it's, it's an option, but it like doesn't feel like the right option for me. And I'm like, this is what I'm here to do. I'm just here to like do the hard things. And I've always, and not like hard things to like make things harder for myself just because like, oh, I did, I should suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've done that too. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Like we've been down that rabbit hole too. But you know, like in grad school, we were supposed to do this like partner project and like do like an assessment. And I was like, um, can I write a thesis? Like, I just feel really called to do that. And I'm like, who does that? Like who signs up to like do their own research and like figure out a process that no one's done before. And I'm like, I did. So for as much as like, I hate uncertainty and I like complain about it all the time. I also like really love it. And I'm always like, how can I make this more exciting and like find a new path and like chart that. And I think I just have to like recognize that every time I do that, it was, there's going to be a learning curve, right? Like that's the exactly. trade-off of picking the new path as opposed to the one that everybody else has done. It's like, oh, yeah, I have to, like, learn how to do this. And it's going to take time and there's going to be bumps and all the things. And the only thing that I can make certain there is that I trust that I will keep coming back to what is true and best for me. And that is where yeah. you get your certainty, right? Just like in this situation, like you could convince yourself to do any number of things differently right now. But if those aren't what's true and best for you, like you're just navigating away from the point of all of it, right? So right, I think like that's where you can find your certainty is to keep coming back to like okay, I've explored every angle. I'm not like putting my head in the sand. I've gone, well, I could lower my prices. I could do this. I could talk about it in this way. I've like, with that exploration in mind, here's what again is like my truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
For sure. And I think there's like the little part of me that's like, ah, why do we always choose? Why does our truth always have to be the like hard path, right? Like, why don't we just love to go to the like, and and when I say easy again, I don't mean like the, like, I I mean like, you know, the comfortable space, right? But I like. Well, it's just different hard because like you said, it's hard to then like keep track of everyone, hold the heaviness of all that, remember everyone, feel underpaid, like right. All that's right. hard in its own way too, right? Right. It's like you can get the sale, but then on the other side, the, these are all the trade-offs of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, after I like processed some of the initial disappointment this morning, I started kind of seeing like, okay, here's what's for me here. Here's the like lessons. And also reminding myself like this conversation with this human isn't over either. Like exactly. she might need some support or, you know, desire a different option. Cause like, I know that she was really looking for support. And so, um, I also know too, like my people really struggle with making themselves a priority. And like, even the fact that she used like the word just like, I can't justify this no matter how necessary it is. And it's like, we, we like you're never going to be able to justify putting yourself first. You're right. always going to put somebody else first if that's your pattern, right? Um, and I say that with so much love because I spent a very long time in my head going, "Well, I'm not like struggling enough to deserve support." So right, like, and yeah. play that really terrible game. And then eventually, I was like, "Nope, I just get to have it because I want it." And I'm tired of like crying on the floor by myself. So well, I cool. think. I think what comes up for me there too is that like almost like being in the inquiry of like, maybe this is just what my sales process will always look like. Mm. And I don't mean that in a very like rigid way, but I mean that in like a, um, you know, maybe it'll always look like having to really dive into the money conversation. Maybe it'll always look like really getting to talk through the justification <laughs> hand quotations, mm. right. Um, of it with people like, and almost being like, Ooh, what does it look like to lean into that versus almost mm. like ha- something has gone wrong here versus like, maybe this is just how this plays out from now on. And like, can I, can I get really excited about that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that. Cause I was literally thinking earlier, uh, about how, like, you know, maybe this is part of, like, why I've been doing all of this, like, money mindset work. And, like, you know, I took, like, a, a money course earlier this year. And, like, little did I know that that was one of the biggest things that my clients were going to need coaching exactly. around in order to, like, give themselves the gift of support. Um, and I think that, like, I still feel a little uncomfortable, like, coaching people on that because it's, like, how to do that without getting in people's, like, wallets. But I was like, oh, this is not a skill set that I expected to have to develop for other humans. I thought this was something I was developing for me. And the universe is like, haha, nothing is for you. It's never just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is why you're on literally right now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I like, it's just. Yeah, I like that idea of being like, okay, well, what if this is normal? And I think part of it is like, I spend a lot of time in like business coaching spaces and it's like, everything is the like pretty flashy numbers and all like the things. And that's part of the marketing of the space. So it like feels wrong to have a process where your clients are like, you know, having, I don't, well, everybody has money objections, but like, totally, you know, like to like have a bigger struggle, right. To like sign clients, but it's like. My people aren't in spaces all the time where they're being marketed to about how they need a coach, right? And then what they're doing is picking the coach. My people are like, what is a coach? Why do I, like, how am I supposed to justify this to my partner who's going to, like, look at me like I have three heads when I ask them to spend several thousand dollars in addition to the, like, $20,000, right? Like, yep. and so, yeah, I'm also trying to, like, play with this idea of, like, like the space that I'm in is like new, like people are not as familiar with like this concept of coaching. We're not in the world of like, everybody has a life coach and it's their people. I'm starting to see like snippets of that where someone's like, Oh, my mom's a life coach or like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I thought about doing coaching or whatever, but like, I'm in a very ironically baby space (laughs) compared to the worlds that Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time in. Well, I think what's interesting to think about there is that you just have an entirely different process or like I'll say problem to solve. Meaning like in most of like the business coaching spaces, right? I don't have to convince anyone to get a business coach. The space is already doing that. I just have to convince them why Lacey. Right. Right. Which is totally almost completely different than you. Which right. is you don't really have to convince them why Michelle at all. Like you're the only right. IDF coach they're following, probably, right? 
Yeah. Or like um, there's two of us, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not, that's not your game. Your game is like, why this investment? Why uh, mm. spend money on yourself? So it's like seeing it as like, you're just, you're not even playing on the same like game board as like this other industry yeah. that you're watching, right? Okay, so I really want to elaborate on that idea of the fact that Michelle is really definitely playing a bit of a different game in her industry versus the watching the business coaching industry and assuming it looks the same. So again, in, in my industry, I really don't have to sell people on coaching at all in terms of do they want a business coach. In fact, it would be so not helpful for me to put out a ton of content on why they should hire a business coach, right? Because it's already so spoken about and obvious in our industry that it would almost be a waste for me and I wouldn't even be just selling my own program, I'd be selling everyone's, right? But in Michelle's case, it's the exact opposite. She's gonna need to put out a ton of content around like why to hire an IVF coach, help people get off the fence around that, really move them through their objections and get them out of their own way because they're not already sold on that at all. But they're definitely sold on her once she does that. Like, it's not like they're going to go interview six other coaches. They, there aren't even any, right? Um, so it's really helpful to just be able to see that and see the difference there because it really informs what kind of content you need to be focused on the most and what's going to ultimately be the most impactful. So knowing that for your own business and your own industry is really important versus just looking at what some other coach is doing in a different industry, that can be so confusing because it seems like, well, it's working for them and they're saying that's what I should do, but like, oh, why is this not translating? And sometimes that's exactly why, because you're really just playing a different game. And so having that ability to see in your own business and really create that discernment and then know what type of content to create from there is absolute magic. Yeah. And that's just like a really good reminder too. Um, and the other thing that I like, I like keep trying to like play with and find, like, can I find evidence of is like, you know, my, the folks that enter by space, they enter the space with like a big unexpected expense in their face. So they're not like, you know, they haven't been saving for IVF for when they drive for a child just in case, right? Right, like, right, right, right. Where are we going to find ten to $20,000 for this cycle? And then on top of that, I'm asking them to invest a couple thousand more. And so it's like jarring and a little more jarring plus coming up against like, I'm not allowed to make myself a priority, right? So it's like just a lot of jarring. Basically. I mean, what I think would be so cool is to just say all that. Yeah. You just got hit with this big unexpected expense. It's not like you were saving up for IVF on the off chance that like you have, to have it, <laughs> right? right? Um. And now you're getting hit with this huge emotional weight and you need support. But with that comes an expense, which is also jarring. And so here's what I want you to know about that. But it's like the more you can just like speak to that thing, mm -hmm. because you're saying it's so like, duh, to me. But then yeah. sometimes in content, we like mask that a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had that conversation in content because right. like, Something that I find really hard with content, especially in the infertility space, is like it's sometimes it really does feel like you're walking on eggshells. Yeah, and yeah. It's like totally. everything's a trigger. And so it's like, how can I say this in a way that will like get to the humans who need to hear it while not totally derailing the humans that don't, right? Because like, yeah, I just, I like also don't want to bring up, like, I don't want to add to people's trauma either. And like, I know it's theirs to hold, but like, they're already going through a lot of shit, right? Like, so just figuring out, like, how do I do that in a way that, and like, I also know that I have a way to do that because people have always told me, like, you're really good with words. You're really good at, like, telling people things, like, without, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, I just got told by Michelle. Cool. I didn't realize that's what just happened. So um, I think well, some of it is, like, I just have to sit with pen to paper and and write those posts or like, you know, put kind of an outline together for like a story sequence for that or whatever. I mean, something that comes up for me is like, I think that you're not necessarily adding to the trauma by, by speaking to it and normalizing it. I actually feel mm -hmm. like that really helps in some ways because mm -hmm. just how like, you know, we're talking about like, what if it was just normal that this was part of your sales process and immediately your body kind of relaxes and stuff. Cause it's like, Mm. Oh yeah. What if that was just normal and that's just how it went? So similarly right. here, if you could just be like, what if it's just normal that you feel like it's super fucking jarring to all of a sudden have this big expense and it's super fucking jarring to then all of a sudden like 
want to invest in support and not know if you can, like, it's almost like you're not putting something there, but you're speaking to what's there. And I think that's the difference, right? So this idea of like, what if this is a normal part of the sales process is so important and permission giving and quite honestly, very results oriented because where we get so stuck is in believing that something has gone wrong in our business. And so it really stops us from getting into the nitty gritty of like making this work and it really can freeze us sometimes. So if Michelle feels like, oh my God, this is all going wrong, then she's going to be so much more tempted to kind of want to freeze or bring the business down or run in the other direction. If she can just see like, oh, well, it might just be a normal part of my sales process, but because everyone is spending so much money and, and many times unexpectedly on IVF, that a money objection is usually going to feel really present with most of them. What if that was normal and I got really, really good at speaking to that? As opposed to something has gone wrong here. Oh my gosh, now what? Right? And so it just helps us dive in more to what's happening with our specific audience, right? Because when we get in that comparison mode, we're comparing it to totally different audiences with totally different needs and circumstances and challenges and all of that, right? But in Michelle's audience, if she can just go, well, of course they feel this way. What if this is just a normal thing I end up walking them through? She is light years ahead of actually building out a sales process that works for her and works for her business. If she decides this is wrong, she is backed into a corner now, right? Like, does she have to go find a new audience? Does she have to um, change her prices again? Like we're, we're not in that place of choice. So seeing it as what if this is a normal part of the sales process can be so valuable and it's what really helps you look at what's happening with your business and your potential clients as opposed to getting caught up in all of the comparison. That makes sense too. And I like, I don't know that I'd ever really thought about it as like, you know, giving permission around like the getting support and like not necessarily worrying so much about like marketing me as the support because like if they're learning that from me, they're going to be, feel connected to me because they're exactly. like, oh, you're the one that gave me permission to like invest in myself. And it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because that's not, that's not the problem that I have. Like I would say like 99% of the folks that get on the phone with me who like want to learn about working together, they're so, they're sold. They're like, yes, I'm in, exactly. like, I'm interested in working with you. Like if it was free, sign me up yesterday. Um, it's, it's like, you know, how do I justify <laughs> the money and making myself a priority and all the other pieces. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> and it's also possible. And it almost feels like that, that gets to be like this huge focus of your content now, because you know that, that that's the thing. Like, do like, right. Yeah. That was the other piece that like really came through this morning too, of like, I think there are two major objections slash hurdles and it's one, can I justify this expense for myself when I am also trying to pay for IVF? Um, and like that just speaks to right, like the, the fear of like making yourself a priority and seeing that expense as like as important, if not more, right? Because if you're always putting everything, everyone else first, including this future baby, guess what you're going to do when you're a mom too? And guess what's going to be really, really, really hard? Yeah. Um, and that's just like the hard truth of it, right? Like we have to learn to make ourselves a priority at some point or another, or else the risk is severe burnout. Yeah. Well, and like the lesson will always come at, at yes. some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it will just keep coming and keep banging yeah. us over the head and we'll be like, what is happening? Um, and then the other piece is like having that conversation with your partner and like not being afraid of like starting that conversation, having it, being willing for your partner to be like, this seems crazy. What? Cause like, there's also, right, if you get over the money piece and then you go to your partner and your partner's like, we can't spend that money because we're also, right, like, then you're like, oh, my God, I can't spend that money on myself. Like, exactly. This is not okay. Um, and so supporting them in that conversation, too. And it's funny because, like, most 99% of the time, the partners are like, oh, my God, why didn't you sign up for that? Like, Oh, yeah, because they're like, like my, I my don't know how to help partners you. partners are so, so freaking supportive of them getting support. Like, I don't think yeah. I've ever had someone whose partner was like, what are you doing? This is crazy. Who is this girl? Like literally all of them were like, I didn't know you were doing that. Like, why didn't you sign up for this thing? Um, or like, yeah, we'll figure it out or whatever. And like, yeah, sometimes they're like, we just really can't afford it. 
but they're always supportive of the thing. And my clients are like, they're not going to support me because they're scared. They're going to be like a burden on their partner. Like they are on their friends and their family and all the things, right. It's the same, it's the same story. So yes, getting a lot of clarity around, like this is the number one or number two story that my clients really, and they're really, they're really the same in a way, right? Like they're so intertwined. It's like, I'm a burden on all the humans in my life. (laughs) It's like, you are not that on any of them, but also this is the benefit of paying a human because you can never be a burden because you are literally paying the human. Yeah. And then you still get to have a wonderful, loving and supportive relationship. And I think that's the other really cool thing too. And I think it's just like permission for you to be like, if I know that this is the thing, this is the point of doing so many of these calls and having these conversations is to learn these kind of stuff, these kind mm-hmm. of like statistics or data or whatever, and then to do something with it and run with it. So it's like almost permission to like not make a massive pivot, but like really make this pivot in your content to where it's like, this is a conversation multiple times a week. This is so clear. This is like a huge part of the brand and what I stand for and all of that kind of stuff. And again, it just like puts the power back in your court because you're like, I already know the thing. (laughs) And even I've already equipped myself with so much of this knowledge and information. And like you were saying, like I've been on my own journey with this, right? Right. And like this just continues to make it clearer and clearer, like what the what the issue is, like what's going on, what the humans are struggling with. And like, I really do think that I've never had this like level of clarity, right? Like when I started my business, I didn't know what, like I was still uncovering what my own struggle was in some ways, right? Because I was going back and processing, okay, like what was I having a really hard time with? Um, And what I'm finding more and more of is like my clients are like strong, independent women. They don't want to burden people with their feelings and whatever. And that's a huge reason why I like continually have paid support because it's so nice to just like, have a space to go dump in and just like get to just be your full self without having to worry about like, what does this other human have going on? Or like, can they handle this right now? Um, Cause the reality is like our friends and family can't always handle it. Right. Like sometimes they just, totally. even if they want to, sometimes they have too many things going on. Um, we actually had that conversation yesterday on our call. So yeah. But it's not because you're a burden. It's just because they're also dealing with it. It's because they have their own burden. <laughs> like, yeah. They, yeah. They're also like, dealing with, with life. And that's why 100%. there are humans who have literally dedicated their lives to supporting humans and their shit, right? Like that's why you have coaches and therapists and counselors and all the things. I feel like you should just listen back to this because this is like all the stuff you just need to say, right? Okay, and again, that is like, mm, that is like the difference of like, Am I knowing all this behind the scenes, but I'm not mm. calling it out? Or am I like using everything I learned behind the scenes and then just constantly calling it out and not call out yeah. in a bad way, but like, I mean, in like yeah. a normalizing permission giving way. So this idea of just like straight up setting the thing in your content <laughs> and not having like one conversation behind the scenes and a different one in your content is so important. And I feel like it's something I talk with so many clients about. Um, there's this way where sometimes we're able to articulate it so clearly and easily when we're having these behind the scenes conversations. And then when it turns into content, we kind of mask it in some ways. And we feel like, well, I shouldn't just say it like that. I mean, you know, and we almost like make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. And again, I just see this happen a lot, but when you can just straight up say the thing that you would say on a sales call or that you would say to your coach or that you would talk to um, someone one-on-one about, like it is so incredible what that does in terms of your conversions because it's such a waste, honestly, to be able to see these things behind the scenes and then not translate that into your content and into what is going out to everyone. So I think this is just a really good checkpoint in your own business to say, like, am I having a different conversation behind the scenes? Like probably just totally accidentally, right? Then I'm having in the front of the scenes, like would I say something different to my coach about this or to a like client in a one-on-one conversation about this than I'm saying out here? Cause right, Michelle is basically like, oh my gosh, well, of course it's intimidating to invest because of this, this, and this. And of course you feel like this. And oh my gosh, like everyone needs to hear that, right? Y'all can see that so clearly. So it's just really beautiful to see like 
where am I doing that? Because it is always such a big opportunity there and it is going to be your best conversion opportunity really because you're just saying the thing as opposed to feeling like for some reason in the you know content we're supposed to almost hide it, right? The more clear, concise, and specific you can be in your content, the more you will always convert. And so this is just a good way to check in with yourself on that and create even more opportunities for conversions. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, oh, it's 3.33. We're right on track. Um, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's funny because like I have these conversations with people one-on-one all the time. And so it's now I think figuring out like, how do I translate that to written content? How do I translate that to stories? Like, how do I translate that to my love notes? Even how do I translate that to a um, follow-up conversation via like email or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. So that's like the I guess the next step for me is like taking these because the other problem I have is like I have these conversations and then I just like forget <laughs> what I talked about or what I said and then I'm like mm. yeah well I think it's just, pri- just prioritizing it almost where before it was like oh I just have a conversation and now it's seeing it as like wait this is so important like even earlier you were saying like oh she used this exact wording she like you're you're obviously paying attention to it a lot more right yeah for sure um, yeah. And like, cause that's what I'm, lo- I'm looking for. It's like, what's the actual problem here? Like what's really going on under, underneath? Okay. Yeah. So exactly. You're just paying attention to it more. And that's the point is like, I'm giving it my attention. I'm giving it space in my business. I'm giving it space in my content. I'm giving it space in my conversations. Like it's just really feeling like you have the clarity there and the clarity is what creates the conversion ultimately, mm-hmm. right? You have to get that clarity and yes. then you go help your clients create the Yes, or create the conversion through that. So it's just like good to see, like, it can feel like you're not on the right track. But if, if that track is getting you more and more clarity and feeling like to the point where you're like, this is the one lever to pull, that's actually like the best place to be. So something that I said here that's really important is the conversion is in the clarity, right? Meaning, Michelle is getting so clear on what she really wants from that, from the business, being really invested in that and then knowing the exact problem to solve to get it, right? That is the win and that's what will ultimately create long-term conversion in her business and seeing that is so important. So sometimes in those moments, it can feel like, oh my gosh, why is this not working? But when you can really identify it, like Michelle did in this call, like, well, it's not working because they're stuck in this way and I need to speak to that way more. It can feel so frustrating, but it is the starting point and and the foundation for all conversions in your business from there, right? So even sometimes when it feels like, wait, why am I getting on these calls and getting no's? It's such a waste of my time. If you can go, wait, no, it's not because I've learned this piece of clarity. And if I can just apply that, everything changes from here. That's when it gets really good. And again, it's not to say you can't be frustrated in the moment or you can't feel your feelings, but it is to say, make that work for you. Never ever have these calls or conversations that, you know, potentially end in a no, where you're not pulling a ton of information from that, that you can then go use moving forward. That's when it feels really good either way. When it feels like that was a wash or that was a waste, we're missing so much good data, but we're also really putting ourselves in a difficult position where we don't get the clarity ultimately, right? Where we don't get that exact thing that's going to make the difference on the next call and the next call and the next. So remember that your conversion is in the clarity. And sometimes we get clarity when we get a yes. And sometimes we get clarity when we get a no, but all of us, all of it is moving us toward that next client and that next opportunity and that sales process that really fully clicks into place. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's like kind of showing me the path of like, here's, here's where we go next with like our content. And like, as I recycle my old content, then I fold this in as part of like, there's something about this every week that comes in. Right. And so like, that's the one piece of content that I'm focused on, like creating more of, which is basically like objection content. I feel like at this point, more permission, more objection. Exactly. Um, 
so yeah, that helps. And I think like the piece that I will inevitably have a million questions about is like, <laughs> how, do, how do I get this clarity? I'll have to like sit down and like dump this onto like a piece of paper or something to like be able to like do this. And maybe I'll just go back and like listen to this call and like use that as like prompts. Cause that's where I get really scattered. It's like, you can talk to me and I can like bang it out. But then when I sit down to do it, I'm like, wait, what, what did we just talk about? I have no idea. Yeah, totally. Go back and listen to this call. Go back and think about your other call. Like use those things as anchors, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to it feeling like you're starting from square one, because it really shouldn't ever feel like you're starting from square one. Because you do, like the reason you even have this information is because you had that call, you have that email, mm -hmm. you had that conversation. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And then I think the other thing that, that you kind of mentioned and, and you tell me if this feels relevant or not too, but is like also thinking about like, you know, where a lot of the pressure is coming from for you is feeling that and just being like, can I just go almost like translate this same level of like, I just need to say the thing. And like, maybe that's the, the mm -hmm. next step is to just say the thing to um, your husband, like, Hey, I'm feeling a ton of pressure right now. And it's like actually making it way harder for me to show up. Can we talk about that or something along those lines? Again, it's just like, not that it'll, it has to fix it overnight or be perfect or anything, but it's just like being willing to say the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think like that is definitely something that I could say. And now that I have clarity around like, Oh, this is actually what's coming up exactly. here for me. Just being able to say that to him. Cause I, I like, I know that what he wants is for me to like feel good and be successful 100%. in my business. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, he, like that's why he keeps being like, well, why don't you do this? Or like, how can I help you get in front of more people? And I'm like, the problem isn't getting in front of more people. It's like learning to speak to the people that are in front of me, mm -hmm. which is like such a micro nuance that like, it makes sense, right? It, like a new business owner might come in and be like, I just need a bigger audience. Always. And then mm -hmm. the conversions will magically happen. And it's like, no, you need to learn to convert the audience in front of you and then you can get a bigger audience, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, oh, that's cute that that's what his like thought is. And I also love that he's like wanting to be so supportive, but it just, it ultimately causes more. A hundred percent. And it's just really, it's almost like same here where it's like, we can love that the audience wants to hire you. And then it's just on you to like help them get past that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. the, the things that keep them stuck there. And we can love that he yep. wants to help support you. And it's just on you to be like, and this is the best way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. And I need to be able to just communicate that. Hey, can you give me a couple more minutes and go play for a second? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. If only it were that easy all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the initial instruction was, please go to your room and stay there until I come get oh, you. Oh, got it. Okay, so we missed that one. Yeah. And so we already, like, we're, we bypassed instruction one. I was like, well, damn, that was good, but that's fair. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> she's like, she's you like, definitely you're talking about um, but yeah, exactly. Like, it's almost just like, where's my piece here? Oh, my piece is to help him get through this. My piece is to help him know that like, this part actually isn't helpful. This part is whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just the more you take back your power with those pieces, the more mm -hmm. energized you're going to feel there, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think like part of it was like in the beginning when I was like starting my business, right. It was about like, can I build credibility and trust and like show expertise of like, I've been through this. Like, I get it. Like, here's the thing. And now I feel like I'm getting into a more nuanced space where I have plenty of content that speaks to that piece. Yeah. Right. And the trust is there, but now I have to like speak more directly to the humans who are like right on the fence, but really struggling because they're like, I want to do this thing, but it makes no sense to do this thing. And I'm like, welcome to my world where nothing makes sense, but it's always the best thing yeah. ever. So <laughs> And even acknowledging that I feel like is so important. Like you're right. It makes no sense. And here's <laughs> like, yes, this. here's what, here's what the other side of that gets to look exactly, like. Exactly. Which I think is so important because if not, it feels like, like I would venture to guess most of your clients just think that the other clients just had the money and it was easy. So like normalizing the fact yes. that like, no, it doesn't make sense for anybody. It's it never makes sense. Even when you have cash in the bank, it kind of doesn't make sense. But here's the deal, right? Here's why yeah. it actually does on a deeper level. Like 
is so helpful because if not, again, it feels like I'm getting something wrong. Everyone else has the cash and I just don't, or everyone else it makes Mm -hmm. sense for. And for our family, it just doesn't. And like, that's Mm -hmm. the trap we can fall into. And so you just being able to like normalize that matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like the reality is, is like the humans who are on that part of the spectrum are like very few, right? Like there's a small handful of people who like really don't have the money for any of it, Mm -hmm. right? And they're just like, I'm just lucky to get to do an IVF cycle. And that's a whole other issue that we could get into. But um, and then there's the humans who have like so much money that they're like, yep, I could do this, right? Like Mm -hmm. and do that or whatever. Uh, and then there's the people in the in-betweens and like even the people who have what one would look at and go, this is a lot of money. If that money is tied up in like mortgages or whatever, school and this and that, like, or was like already allocated like, to something that they were thinking about right, doing like, before they like knew they were going to have to do IVF or whatever. Right. Like you can basically be living paycheck to paycheck at any like finance level yeah. and, and at any finance level, you can be smart and save and like have the money and like. Yeah, what I found is like having the money doesn't always mean it's sitting right there. And I like, and this is another thing someone had told me to, to speak to too. Cause I, there's been moments where I'm like, I just want to like peel back the ba- our bank account and be like, this never made any sense. Like it never made any sense for me to join like a $10,000 mastermind, like making like $60,000 a year. Like, it never made any sense for me to like leave my nine to five, but like I knew that that was what needed to happen. And it really comes down. And that's the piece where like last week I was like, I do trust myself. And then I have these moments of self doubt, mm-hmm. but like in the big moments, right, where it comes to being like, I'm about to leave my nine to five and it doesn't financially quote unquote make sense. But I know that that's the right thing. And every month since then, we figured out how to like, you know, pay for the roof over mm-hmm. our head and have food on the table and do all the things. And like, it's, it's still working. Um, and so, yeah. And I think to remembering, like, I wasn't always there. Like exactly. I wouldn't have always left the nine to five. Like there's a version of Michelle who stayed in the nine to five many times where she was like, so done with it, who was coming home every day, crying, being like, this is terrible. I need to get out. And it would be years before she would leave. And then things would get better for a while and then they would get right. So it's like, just remembering that piece too. Exactly. And like knowing just that, like, you know, they, they of course aren't at that place right now almost. Do you know what I mean? Because again, of the exact point that you made earlier, like they just got handed this like really big unexpected expense. They're trying to process all of this. So it's almost like assuming that they wouldn't be at that place yet, assuming that that Michelle had to do so much work to get there. So I think that's really beautiful too, where it's like normalizing oh, of course you're not here. Let me help. As opposed to it being like, oh my God, why are they not getting it? It's like, oh no, of course they're not. How do I speak to that? Yeah, for sure. Well, and like, that's why I like a lot of times tell that story too, about how like the time I found out my sister was pregnant, I was like crying on the floor because that was one of those moments where I was like, I just, I'm not like quote unquote broken enough to like get support. Like I don't deserve it. Like you know, and it's like, what does that even mean? Like, you know, like what? Um, yeah. And then just tying that, but like, that's like so relatable too. Right. Cause it would be, I don't know, years before I would like hire my first coach to get support. And it was, it was my infertility journey that basically brought all of those like shadow things right to light so that I could do things differently. So then when I started in business, I was like, we're not, we're not going down the same roller coaster path as before. Oh, you want me to open it? Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So I feel like your your thing this week is to respond to that client, like really like have that conversation, use that in content, start really marketing to that, have that conversation with your husband, like almost like go use this clarity in all the places and then see what comes from mm-hmm. that. Does that feel good? Yes. Hopefully the answer is not more. I feel like I'm about to show up in base camping. Like, help, Lacey, I'm scattered again. <laughs> Well, those, you just got three things. <laughs> three things. I'm yeah. just going to look at my to-dos and I'm going to be like, this is what this I'm is supposed it. to do today. Exactly. Good. Cool. All right. Well, okay. keep me posted, obviously, if you do get scattered in here for that. But, you know, keep it simple yes. and just remember, like, this is the focal point right now. Okay. Okay, cool. Amazing. All right. I can do it. You got this. <laughs> And it's okay to just spend the rest of your day being kind of disappointed too, but also reach back out to her. Yeah. But like, you know, again, it can be the both. Yeah, for sure. And is that one of those things where it's like, it makes sense to reach back out today, we think? Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay, cool. Beautiful. Sweet. All right, my dear. I'll right. talk to you this week. Have a good week. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.